Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 17, 2013, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others. We're going to start on page 98 today, beginning with the sentence of the paragraph, burn the idea into the consciousness. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, October 16th, is 5314. That's 5314. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Diane to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Diane from New Hampshire. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry this out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to both in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I'd now like to ask Sharon H. to please read the 12 traditions. Yes, good morning, everyone, and these are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive overeating. 
Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. And nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but our, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, and we are on page 98 today. And we're going to begin with the paragraph, Burn the Idea. And this morning, I'd like to ask Katie F. to please get us started. Good morning. This is Katie, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. So this is saying that, you know, Stop the excuses. We can't. Um, we can't uh, say, well, I would have done it except this person did that and that person did this and all those other things. And I found that once I did accept this way of life and um, put down the food and started doing what my sponsor told me to do, I have not had um, anything come up that I, there wasn't a way that I could do um, the right things so that I did not have to pick up. I've 
I'm not perfect in by any stretch of the imagination, but um, my recovery is not dependent on people. It's dependent on my higher power, um, who I have grown to depend on completely, and I don't have to um, get permission from, nor do I have to get approval from or acceptance from other people on how I live my life today. Um, I am doing it because I believe it is what God wants me to do, and God has given me a way out of any uh, problem that ever comes along that um, used to be, it used to be that that is how I lived, that I lived um, always with an excuse, always with, you know, well, I would have done it, but, um, and, you know, that is over. And that's what I have to, um, you know, tell newcomers and uh, my sponsees is that, you know, there, there is, this is a way of life. It's not just out of convenience that we do the next right thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Sylvia? I'm sorry. Sally? Can you... Sally? Sally? And then Paula. Sally and Paula. Sally first. Okay, thank you. Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally, recovered in South Jersey. Um, burn, burn, in, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well, regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. When I read this word burn, it really reminded me of cattle being branded. And why do they brand cattle? They, they brand them, they burn them with a hot iron so that everyone, including the cattle, I suppose, know who they belong to. And so burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And um, a couple of sentences that I think are very valuable that, that run along this theme. One is on page 417 where it says in the middle of the page, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And of course, page 417 all the way through 420 um, elaborate on that. And that is um, another statement that we have that runs right along with the, the consciousness that I have to carry in my heart every day, that God really is in control. Also, page 53, which is a very popular and well-known page, um, when we, when we become alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? These, these, were, these are important sentences that remind me daily that my reliance, my trust, as it says here, trust in God, and my dependence has to be on God. And it makes all the difference in the world in how I approach everything that comes to me on a daily basis, moment by moment, every interaction, every decision that I make on whether I will 
fret, whether I will be anxious, or whether instead I will surrender the outcomes, whether I will accept life on life's terms. That's my experience as, as a recovered person, and what an incredible freedom that this mindset brings to me. Thanks for letting me share with that I pass. Thank you, Sally. Go ahead, Paula. Press star one, Paula. Are you there, Paula? Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Leah. Go ahead, Kim, and then Leah. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. And I love these are two incredibly packed sentences. You know, burn into the consciousness of every man. You know, how Sally mentioned, you know, being branded. You know, I often think of, you know, tattoos, which are so popular today, and I don't have any, and I tell people I can't even keep my hair color the same for more than six months. How could I ever pick something that's going to be permanently on my body? You know, because I'm a good starter. I start things well. I just don't finish a lot of things. So it's letting us know that this has to be a part of the fabric of our life. But this is not something that we can choose to do. We can't do this for an hour in the morning on the vision for you and then go out the rest of the 23 hours and wreak havoc. You know, I heard a great comparison. Like, this is the difference between dating and marriage. You know, when you're dating someone, you stay while it's good. You have a good time, and as long as it's serving your purposes, you're there. And when things don't go well, you stop dating the person. But when you marry someone, when you make that commitment to marriage, you're saying for richer, for poorer, for, for you know, goodness, good health and bad health, you're saying that you're going to be there forever regardless of, of what happens in the external world. You're committed to that person. That's the commitment we have to make to this program of recovery. My disease was not a part-time disease. And my recovery can't be a part-time recovery. And it cannot be dependent on if things are going my way. It can't be dependent if outside circumstances are the way I want them to be. You know, this to me is the if-onlys. I could recover if only I got in the right relationship. I could recover if only I had enough money. You know, I remember so many times in my 20s thinking, well, if only Dr. Phil could be my counselor, if only Oprah could coach me on spirituality, you know, if only I could get on the biggest loser, if only I could have a personal chef. Regardless of how good our life is or how bad our life is, that's not... That is not contingent on our recovery. What is our our recovery contingent on? It's saying the only condition is that we trust in God and clean house. And how do we learn to do that? How do we learn to trust in God? Step one is a conclusion that we're powerless. Lack of power is our dilemma. We have the allergic body. Check. We have the obsession of the mind. Check. We're screwed. We can't eat because of the allergy. We can't not eat because of the obsession of the mind. And if that's my situation, I am powerless. So I need a power. That's all step two is I need a power. And step three is a decision. A decision if lack of power is my dilemma and I need that power, I'm going to decide to seek that power. And seeking is a very active process. 
So cleaning house is that active process where I'm going to get rid of those things that were blocking me from accessing that power. And by trusting in God and cleaning house and then growing, you know, our next function, once we get through this process, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And by doing that, we are going to burn into the consciousness that this incredible gift of the 12 steps will save us from horrific disease, a horrific fate, But not only that, it will allow us to live a life that is happy, that is joyous, and that is free. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Ms. Leia. Thank you so very much, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I appreciate the previous comments. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. And again, what does can get well mean in this context? Can get well means that uh, I'm going to be restored to sanity. You know, the literature tells me that these 12 steps are a group of principles and they're spiritual in nature. I have a soul sickness. I have a cancer of my soul. Uh, the program of recovery, uh, these 12 steps, are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, when if practiced as a way of life, it's a lifestyle. It will expel that obsession that I had to compulsively overeat and enable me to become happily and usefully whole. So it says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone, that this process is, you know, a dance between me and God. External conditions were never the remedy for my internal condition called compulsive overeating. It didn't matter what was going on in my life. I ate. You know, if it was a, if it was a rainy day, I ate. If it was a sunny day, I ate. You know, if the snow fell from the sky, I ate. You know, if if I got a job, I ate. If I didn't have the job, if I lost the job, I ate. You know, if I if I had someone in my life that I was more intimate with, I ate. If I didn't have someone in my life that I was intimate with, I ate. If I got along with my family members, I ate. If I didn't get along with my family members, I ate. Eating was my one solution. It was my solution for everything. You know, binging changed me internally. No one else might be able to understand that. But when I sat in a car in a dark parking lot and, and put my fists into cellophane bags and boxes and threw that food down my gullet as fast as I could, it changed me internally. It was a sense of ease and comfort for a long time until that self-destruction really gripped me. Well, the 12 steps, this spiritual path, this consciousness of God replaces all that. God has to be my one solution. God has to be my address. All for the boss. All for God. God's running the the show here. The only condition is he trusts in God and clean house. Well, initially, I couldn't get in touch with that power. I had too many barriers thrown up. That's the whole purpose of cleaning house. Cleaning house, steps four through nine. You know, I came here very much filled with fear and resentment and selfishness 
And because of those conditions in my mind that always led me back to compulsively overeating. But what if that could be changed to something entirely different? It will be a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And in that process, I have the, the jackpot, a spiritual awakening, a spiritual awakening, expelling the obsession to compulsively overeat and being trusting and relying and depending on God. That's the whole paradox of the program. We win by surrendering. The way to independence in this program is dependence on God. When we depend on God, we become free. We become free. So it says the only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house, a transformation going from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you for everybody who has shared this morning. You know, these are some powerful ideas here in this chapter, working with others. You know, working with others. Because what, what did I need to know? I needed to know how best to carry this message. I needed to know what had worked for other people and and what the what the key points were that I needed to emphasize. You know, that that those who had carried the message to me did this very thing. They did this very thing. You know, they carried the message with passion and conviction and experience. This had worked for them. And I don't know about you, but nobody else had been able to offer me any kind of a permanent solution, any kind of a thing that seemed to work. And I tried. I tried. So when I came in and experienced the 12 steps by working the 12 steps, then I could see that these things were oh so true, oh so true, and that it was really important really important to burn this idea into the consciousness of every person that I might try to share this solution with, that there was a way out and that you could get well no matter what your circumstances were. They might not match up exactly with my circumstances. Your situation might be somewhat different than my situation. But we all shared this common way out, this common solution. So it's telling me that this is really important, that this part of my sharing, that you can get well regardless of anything, offered hope, offered hope. But there was a condition. It says there's a condition. And that condition is that I trust in God, that I trust in God. And that looked pretty daunting. Because we're talking to somebody who maybe is just clean, somebody who's just out of the food. Maybe they're just becoming awake and aware. Maybe, maybe they're just waking up. Maybe their consciousness is awake like it hasn't been for a very long time, but they're listening and they're seeing something in us when we carry this message. So the idea that you must trust in God 
and then that the process of the steps will be what cleans house. You know, I don't know about you, but my tools before recovery were isolation and self-sufficiency and criticism and excuses. You know, excuses, 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 because it was all I had. It was all I had. And then I was offered this, that if I indeed just stepped up, trusted God, said if it works for you, maybe it'll work for me, and began this process that I could get well too. You know, what beautiful hope that offers. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? I'm sorry, say that again. Sarah. 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 And then who was after Sarah? Leah. Leah and then Sarah. Sharon. Okay, Sarah, Leah, and Sharon. Uh, Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Sarah, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Iowa. Um, I love this paragraph, and I had to share because the thought keep coming, kept coming into my mind. Why is it that we struggle so much with this program? And, you know, this is the key. And I think, you know, I, I heard a long time ago, false evidence appearing real, you know, it's that fear that comes into our minds that we won't succeed or that the pain will be too much and we won't be able to deal with it and I'm working with somebody that's really struggling. And, um, you know, just in and out of the food, and I've been there, and I know how painful that is. And I just keep telling her, you know, read the book. You know, um, ask God to help you constantly. Um, Before you, you know, that pause, before you take that first bite, you know, pray or pick up the phone. And it's like the fear of it is too great. And so many of us have, you know, come into the recovery, come into the program, and we get stopped at either the fourth or the ninth step. You know, we just can't go on. Or the food just becomes too much for us. And I have such compassion for those people. But here it is. Here is the actual part of the program that it's saying, this is, this is what we have to do. We have to trust God and we have to clean house. And if we, if we don't have that willingness today, we have to pray for that willingness, and it will come. I think very few people, and I think the big book exposes that, very few people cannot get this program. It's just hanging in there long enough, and many of us have struggled for many, many years. And so I, I just say, whoever is out there struggling, that this program is for all of us, not just for me or for people that say that they're recovered. It's for all of us. And I hope that we'll all stick in there and hang in there and believe that the promises can occur for all of us. And the miracle is there for all of us. It's not just some of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Go ahead, Leah. Good morning. This is Leah Compulsive Oviedo from New York. Thank you for letting me share and thank you for everybody who's been on this line. Um, these sentences really evoked a lot of emotion in me because um, not only do I have, not only 
does the um, prospect have to burn the idea of a higher power into their consciousness? But I have to first. And if it ever comes to a point where I lose my connection, then I lose what I've gained. And I went through a period of about five or six weeks recently where I had lost it spiritually. And I got called on it. And it's very interesting because during that period of time, I had a whole group of sponsees that all fell off and fell away. And I see now that that was the work of God to help me hear the message of the person who called me on what I was doing and how I had gotten into ego and self-will. And thank God, it's now five or six weeks that I'm focusing back on him with prayer and meditation and really asking him to remove the fears and the ego and the self-will and getting back into a humble place. And miraculously, in the last two weeks, God has sent me new sponsees and I'm able to, with his help, work with them and stay humble. And I need to continue to always do that. I need to say it to them so that I can hear for myself and keep me um, um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually sober. And um, that's what these sentences are t- talking to me about right now. So with that, I'd like to pass. I'd like to thank everyone for being on this meeting and this service. Thanks, Leah. Go ahead, Sharon. Okay, thank you, Janice. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, thank you. And and thank you to everyone who has shared and everyone out on the line. I, too, am one of those that struggled with this program for many, many years and um, could not understand it because I had experienced freedom in another program and was able to stay stopped. But uh, what I see today was over over time, uh, I become I became complacent and I did not make this the uh, first and foremost important thing in my life and I paid a price for it. So um, I just want to encourage any uh, people that are on the line that have um, struggled over the years with this or, or are new uh, just to remind them that we are in the chapter uh, working with others, which is the process of pretty much step 12 after we have completed the other steps. We certainly can do service as we go along by calling other people and doing many things like that. But I have seen going through these steps four through nine this time um, how much I had allowed my mind to go back into that restless, irritable, and discontent mode. And um, with that being the focus of my life, um, that sooner or later, uh, whichever, uh, will fuel back me needing that addiction for ease and comfort. So that's what I see so clearly today. And, um, and then I also am seeing as going through this process uh, now at step nine, that the 10, 11, and 12, I love that uh, comment that Melanie made a while back about the word behind the principles, perseverance, spirituality, and service. 
and those must continue to grow if we are able to be there for others and be of use to God and to our fellow man. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sharon. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Lisa, could you read that for us, please? Yes, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa Renee from South Jersey. Grateful to be recovered today. Now, the domestic problem. There may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. That is, if he is lucky enough to have a home. Though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness, friendliness. <sighs> wow. I, um, I love how rich this paragraph is. And um, it, my paragraph is all underlined in different places for uh, various reasons as I went through this process. But um, I wanted to hone in on, though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. And I have to say, uh, <laughs> this is such a humbling program, as most of you know, but I could not stand the fact that I couldn't address my family's issues, you know, until I started working this. And now it doesn't matter. Now it doesn't matter. When something comes up, my focus is on what is my reaction to this? If I'm having a reaction, why? If I'm having a reaction to my family or if I'm judging or criticizing them, you know, I sit with my higher power. I sit with God and ask, how can I be helpful to him? What is my will? What is his will for me in this situation? Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. Prior to being in recovery in a past relationship, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't get into argument and fault-finding about something. What an environment to, to be in. What an environment for my child to be raised in. The level of gratitude that I have today is 
is beyond any word or description that I can say. This book is just a blueprint for life. And it is absolutely true that if we persist in our own spiritual demonstration, in our own spiritual practices, by by staying abstinent, by utilizing the principles, living by them, by doing this daily, by talking to other recovered people when we feel stuck, by going to God and asking for direction, by always being willing to grow, the effect on your family, people shift by watching you change. I don't have to say anything today. I don't have to point out what somebody's doing wrong or what they didn't do because I'm just focusing on what God's will is for me. And with that, I just, I'll pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Lisa. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. Huh? I'm back. <laughs> oh, my, my. You know, this, and, and I'm going to just go forward just a bit to the family afterward because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the family here. And in the family afterwards, he talked, it talks about the prospector. Well, honey, as I go through here, I find all the gold nuggets. All the gold nuggets are here. It tells you step by step the new principles not known before. I didn't know them before, but now I have knowledge of them. And I, here's what it says, by which he is living. Not talking. He's living them. He should proceed to put these principles, that's the steps we live by, into action. Well, we know about that chapter too seems to be covering all the gold nuggets in this book. And then it says, though his family may be at fault in many respects, I'd like to stop right there. No, no. No. I'm not looking at them anymore. He should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate, seeing that mind again, on his own spiritual demonstration to demonstrate to live, that's what changes. The words are beautiful. The words are beautiful. Argument and fault finding not to be avoided like the plague. Honey, if you've seen a sign, plague in this home, honey, you wouldn't go there. You wouldn't go there. You'd avoid it. And it does, it's very clear. It's a difficult thing to do, sure. It is. As the steps were. But I didn't. And all the end results. Ah, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. You know, I just want to say about this beautiful book as has been has been written in, in so many times and read and it's a treasure. It's a treasure. And it is to be admired, and that it is. But sweetheart, it's more than that. It's a message to be lived, and this is what we do. We live it. And here an example. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Well, let's Lynn. move on to the... 
Oh, go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. Again, this is Chapter 7, Working with Others. So um, in working with a prospect, it's guiding uh, words here, reminder that we make reparation as we can to the family. That's, of course, referring to step eight and nine, um, and he should proceed, he should continue to put those principles into action at home. I mean, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. It has. It is not li- easy living with uh, people like us, real compulsive overeaters. You know, we have stepped on the toes of others. Uh, they have retaliated. Uh, there may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. Um, you know, it reminds me of earlier in the pages, you know, ain't it grand, the wind stopped blowing, Ma? I mean, just because uh, we're no longer binging our brains out, elimination of compulsive overeating is the first step away from a highly, highly strained abnormal condition, my book says. Because years of living with people like you and I is almost sure to make those around us neurotic. The the entire family is somewhat ill. That's what the book teaches us. So so the whole point is, as a sponsor, to focus that prospect on these principles, on threading these principles through his or her life. You know, our relationship with God, that prospect's relationship with God is the key to his or her success in everything. Applying these steps and principles in their daily affairs is the key, is the key. We can't change anybody, have absolutely no control over somebody else's thoughts, actions, behavior, feelings. But we do have uh, a program of recovery where we can remain undisturbed. It says he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault fighting are to be avoided like the plague. You know, anger to a marriage is what the uh, iceberg was to the Titanic. It it only destroys and deteriorates a marriage. How can we practice these principles in all our affairs? Well, through the program of recovery, we are able to do that. Through the program of recovery, we're able to um, be courteous to our husbands, make amends quickly when, when perhaps we've spoken out of line. You know, realize that we're powerless over other people. Be kind and patient with children or a cranky neighbor or a demanding boss. You know, this is living out the program, and we are obliged to do that. We have to do that. We're forced to live by these principles. You know, our literature says we're obliged to choose between the pains of trying and the certain penalties of failing to do so. Strong words, but what choice do we have? What choice do we have but to trudge? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Well, this is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, the thing that really strikes me in this paragraph is keeping the focus on myself, but not doing it in isolation. You know, 
I needed I needed this information in order to change. In order to change. The reminder that I I didn't have to go around saying you, you, you. You, you, you. You know, I could keep the focus on myself. I could say, this is what I'm trying to do. These are the principles I'm trying to live by. This is the change I'm trying to make. And then not find fault and do the blame and shame game on everybody else. Because that was an old way of thinking, an old way of acting. When I couldn't bear what I was doing, it became ever so much easier to say it was all about you. It was all about you. And if only he had done it differently, then I could do it differently. But it says keep the focus on myself, but also be kind and loving and generous in my family. In my family. Tall order, isn't it? Tall order. But it, it gets easier as we work the steps. As we keep the focus on ourselves, as we do that step four work, at step five, work. As we work through and clean house and look at ourselves, it becomes easier to see that our family, they're sick too. They have their own challenges, their own things that they're dealing with. But we can stand tall. We can stand strong. We can keep steady, you know, and become the port in the storm in our family. You know, when people start turning to us because they like who we have become, what a blessing that is to the family. So no pointing fingers, no no saying you, 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 and remembering that hurting people hurt people, you know, and, as, and that everyone can recover. Everyone in the family can recover. And we stay patient, and with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on to the next paragraph? All right, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Melanie, could you read that for us? Hi, my name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. I like the word tangible, and I like to look those things up, and it's you know pretty obvious. I know what it means, but behind that is um, tangible is capable of being touched, material, it's substantial, it's corporal, palpable, and specific. And so what specific then talks to me about are the guideline of the principles that are behind each step so that I have some sort of a map in which to behave now contrary to what how I used to behave. And how I used to behave is I set the tone and the temperature of my entire house. You know, it's kind of that idea when when mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy kind of thing, that um, they would freeze if I came in and they sensed something about me because I wore that emotion all over. Or they would be jovial if they sensed something else. They watched me vigilantly. And so now I am behaving on a different plane, and it doesn't give up very easily. It's going to happen over time. But I have to continue to demonstrate 
that I am sober in one sense, but it's how I behave in that way. Considerate and helpful. What can I do to be of service to you today? Keeping that in mind before I'm ever asked. Something different because, you know, I came in here extremely selfish and self-centered and everybody danced to my tune all the time. And then the key point here is regardless of whether or not I'm triggered by somebody else. Something happened in my family, I did something. That's going to be the key piece. And over time, building trust the family's watching me still, right, on how to, how to behave. Is this for real? Is this going to stick this time? Because how many Mondays did I set, you know, start a diet? Is this going to stick this time? But not so much the food idea and how I behaved in that, but how I was in this family household, this, this family dynamic, and how horrible I was to live with, and they're watching. But this is a hope, a paragraph of hope. It's saying that these things are going to happen. But I think there's a key thing for me because oftentimes when I read these paragraphs, I think it's going to happen immediately. And if it doesn't, there's something still keenly wrong with me. And I would fall under that kind of thinking and behavior would, would, would go hand in glove with that. I would give up. But it's saying over time, over time. So this is a caution in that area because damage is great. And this process is tedious, which means long and painful. But it's a promise here regardless. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Melanie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a happy, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you very much. Janice for leading this meeting and thank you very much everybody that is on the line. Wow, I like this paragraph because it's a paragraph of strength and hope. Uh, First of all, it says, of course, we all fall much below this standard many times. What means of course? Of course means it reminds us who we are. We are human and we all human. It doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman, if you are nothing. It means that we are human and we all do mistakes and we all do wrongs. And this is part of of our being human. And God doesn't want we should be angels. This is what God wants from us. God wants from us to try to do the best we can one day at a time. And of course, don't worry, you will fall down, and not because something is wrong with you. We all, we will fall. And don't worry, don't get discouraged, just, um, but we must try. Now, what means months? It gives me a hope. Yes. It doesn't matter if you do mistakes. It doesn't matter if you do wrongs. This is what you are. You are a human. But you must. There is a hope. If you will try, if you will put yourself in the hands of God, if you will trust God that you can be better, that God can show you the right way, this time, and this time you will do better, then you will repair the damage. Don't worry. 
You must repair the damage. Now, what means you must repair the damage? Just open your mind. Open yourself to do God's will. This is what God wants from, from us right now. It's one day at a time, and the outcomings, it's not in our hand. We just have to choose the right way, the right direction. And this is all about this program, that one day at a time, we can choose. We All the time, we choose. We try to, to choose the better thing, the better behavior, one day at a time. And it's a wonderful, wonderful paragraph of hope. Yes, you must. You, 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 yes, if you put yourself into the hands of God, you can repair the, the damage. Don't worry, you did a mistake, but there is a solution. You just have to open yourself to, to the will of God. And by this I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Well, all right, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie, would you be available to read that for us? How about Lisa? Are you still there, Lisa? Yes, I am still here, Janice. Um, would, you, would, would you read that paragraph for us? Okay, Uh, this is Lisa again from New Jersey. After they have seen tangible results, the family... The next one after that, my dear. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Um, all right. If there be divorce or separation. Right, right, okay. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis, since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is to the best interest of all concern that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. I I love this paragraph because um, it, what it reminds me of is that as a sponsor, you know, we are not licensed counselors and professionals. And um, I love that this chapter gives such clear and concise instructions on how to guide the person that you're working with. And... Nothing can really stop, even if this is happening, even if your you know, relationship is falling apart because of uh, your thing with the food. I mean, I was a crazy person in my disease, but you can recover, even in the midst of all that insanity, because we have a very simple blueprint of how to live our lives. 
the main thing that I just, um, you know, we don't know what, um, God knows what we can't see. And so if we just focus on our own, you know, right actions, on being guided, and like it says, um, whether the person, whether the people break up or stay together or need to come back together, it doesn't matter. The If we give this to God and put this like everything else, in step three, I say, I said, I turn my will and my life, my life over to the care of God. So if I do that, I have to trust that. And no matter what it looks like to me, know that all will be well and for my highest good if I just continue to live by these spiritual principles. And when the time comes, it'll be restored. Or if not, you know, I don't know what God's will is. We don't know. If not, our higher power will lead us. I love, love, love the instructions here. So grateful that we have them. And I don't have to rely on my very limited self-knowledge that I can always just go reference this book or go within and ask God for guidance. Thank you for allowing me to share again. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you very much. Well, we're coming to the end of the meeting here, so thank you to everyone who has shared. Thank you to my readers this morning. Thank you to Katie and Lisa and Melanie and to everyone who shared, to Diane for reading the steps and Sharon for reading the traditions. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Melanie, could you read that? I can. Hi, this is Melanie again. Compulsive Overeater here in Oregon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.